You are listening to an episode of the Sexy Spiritual Love Co. podcast, where we talk all things relationship and love. I am your host, Olivia Rose, and I welcome you to this incredible conversation that we're about to have. So I am with my incredible guest, Ronnie. She also is a relationship coach. She helps people in their marriages and she has an incredible, incredible marriage. So um, without further ado, here is um, my guest for today, Ronnie. And um, tell us a little bit more about you um, and about how you started your relationship coaching business and a little bit about um, your journey. Oh, cool. Thanks, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. Um, we'll appreciate it. And I love, I love sharing my journey um, that, I've, that I've been on and, and still in because it is, I kind of think looking back, it's a little bit stereotypical um, of all the things that happen in a marriage, all the things that kind of progress on after you get the certificate. Um, and basically any sort of long-term relationship, I suppose, even without the actual marriage certificate, it, <laughs> it tends to um, be kind of what people, I suppose, have perceived over a long period of time as normal. But working through and challenging that, you know, inverted commas, normal, um, has really sort of skyrocketed not only myself on a personal level, but my husband and I and, and our marriage and our relationship now, which is now then because it is so incredible, flowed on to our, our kids as well, which was super, super important to me. Um, we were, I suppose, what you'd say in the stereotypical normal, you know, relationship where being together um, at that point for 11 years. Wow. Uh, married married for, ooh, possibly around six, I suppose. Um, married for six. We, you know, had had our little girl she was about 18 months old um at the time and we actually did um i suppose that the turning point for us and what we realized was at the time we did a a weekend seminar um with a, a company who sort of does you know um, career coaching and and professional life coaching and stuff like that and I actually spent pretty much the entire weekend just a blubbering mess. I was pregnant with our second at the time, so I, I totally blame it on hormones. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, I, there were so many things in there that really hit home. And I suppose him, you know, my husband saying we were doing it together, um, he was doing it for work, I was doing it for personal and he kind of realized at the end of that seminar why I was so upset, all the things that hit home. And and it was funny because it, uh, this one conversation, I still remember it on a Sunday night. We got home, we were laying in bed, we just weren't really out like ourselves. It, you know, kind of put, a, as amazing as that seminar was, it put a bit of it a dampener, I suppose, on, on all the things that were covered because mm-hmm. we, we both realized that no one was game enough to say it about all the flaws, all the things that were just wrong with our relationship mm-hmm. and um, on a personal and professional level. And he actually turned to me and said, would you, because he tried, he tried it on. I'll give him 10 points for trying. But he, 
he he tried to initiate sex and (laughs) I kind of, you know, gave him the cold shoulder because it was like, yeah, no, but not happening. And he said to me, after like a moment of silence, that felt like forever, he said, would you see a sex counsellor with me? And I I was like dumbfounded. (laughs) What? What the fuck? Like, in my, my insides just wanted to scream at him going like, what are you thinking? And I just had to like take a few deep breaths and be like, well, would you see a marriage counsellor with me? And he went really quiet and he's like, really, do you honestly think that that would help? And I'm like, well, yeah, because sex isn't the issue here. Mm-hmm. Our relationship is. Mm-hmm. And if we fix that, the sex will come. Right. And it just really, I suppose after that, it really hit home to me that a lot of men perceive issues in a relationship as being sexual and very much linked yeah. to sex. Whereas us women, we kind of see all of the other issues that crop up and then, you know, sex is kind of just like a flow-on effect. Yes. So if we're not giving it out, then there's other issues that are happening. And I sort of feel like you can't have a really, really fabulous sex life with everything else being chaotic and shit and not communicating. Like, you know, sex is very much a, a side was that (laughs) what (laughs) like fuck can I have some feedback like what did you come up with in your mind because in his head he sorted everything out but I didn't feel like I was getting anything to show you know that he was actually listening yeah and so it was just kind of this vicious cycle that had just been happening over and over again you know we'd argue about something and then you know sometimes there was a slammed door and then there was silent treatment and then he would kind of like I suppose you know come good if once for a better <laughs> come good for a couple of weeks or maybe a month and then you know something would happen and it would all turn to shit again and um, it was just it kind of just really got to a point where I felt like I was doing everything uh, you know I was doing everything around the house I was you know dropping my daughter our daughter off at daycare going to work full time, I was also pregnant, I'd pick her up at the end of the day, I'd get home, I'd still be the one to cook dinner, mm-hmm. then do the dishes, and, and it kind of hit a point where up, up until then there was, you know, or up until a few months before, 
he would sort of, you know, go and bath our daughter or do the dishes. But it got to a point where he was in such a funk, and especially, you know, the stress of his job didn't help at that point mm-hmm. in time either. But she didn't even want anything to do with him. You know, oh she didn't goodness. want him to feed her dinner. She didn't want him to bath her. She didn't want him to read a bedtime story. You know, so all of those things then fell onto me. And mm. it just, I hit overwhelm. I honestly, like, even though he was there and we were married and sure, we loved each other, I still felt like, I suppose, what a single mum would feel like. Yeah. And and it just really, like, got to me going, like, this is surely not normal. You know, I, I thought marriage was like a, a teammate thing. You know, we were on the same team. Yeah. And it just didn't, it just didn't feel like that anymore. And, sh- and I could, you know, I, I couldn't exactly tell him that at the time, but we, we learned so much about each other that six months on from that event, I actually was able to tell him that at that point when it was all turning to shit and I was ready to up and leave, mm-hmm. that I still loved him and there was no doubt about my love for him, but I just wasn't in love with him at the time Mm -hmm. and it would have been ridiculously hard to actually verbalize that at the time but it's it's exactly the way that I was feeling Mm -hmm. and I think that there's just not enough um project projection or or I suppose comfort around people having those feelings in a relationship there's so much shame around it Mm -hmm. um and even even getting help you know even asking for help getting coaching whatever it is, so much shame around all of that because of the societal development where, mm. you know, you entered into the marriage, oh, you're not happy? Well, you know what, that's just normal. You know, that's what happens. When you get married, the sex stops, mm-hmm. you don't talk as much anymore, you know, you, you're not present with each other. It's just like this mundane routine that's perceived as normal because so many people have fallen into the trap and they haven't dared challenged that stigma, mm-hmm. I suppose. And so when it came to getting help, we, we really kind of, and we didn't tell anyone, you know, we didn't tell anyone about it. We didn't want anyone to know that we were having marital issues or God forbid we were getting help for them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I feel like, you know, going against the grain was, was a really big kind of turning point and challenging challenging those beliefs that were ingrained into us over time mm-hmm. where you know all of those things the arguments the no sex the no connection not talking much anymore was was normal for marriage and since you know since then we've learned that that's complete and utter fucking bullshit and so that's my mission now is, is to help people realize that they can challenge the so-called normal and if they're not feeling completely and utterly fulfilled within their relationship that it's time to question it openly with their partner and then seek help if they need to wow that was so powerful that your story like I I know you, but like that the in the way that you said that, woo girl, you gave me chills. I'm like, woo. That was so, so incredible. And I think one of the really, really beautiful pieces 
um, that you had mentioned was to really like challenge like what you've believed up until this point. And even you actively did that, even though you're like, fuck, like this is the reality and something that you said around, you know, feeling like shame when it comes to being like, you know what, I might not be in love right now. Like I might just be at this stage in my relationship. And a lot of times what I notice happens is this is when people tell people to quit. Like it's done, like the relationship is over, like throw in the towel. So what would you say to women who find themselves like in these ebbs and flows or or even feel like right now they're in a a stage where they're kind of just feeling stuck and stagnant what would you say to those women who are feeling that way oh a big one for me was self-love definitely like self-love and just being really like I suppose finding the love for myself Mm -hmm. again because Mm -hmm. what I tend to find is as women, when we get into a serious relationship, mm-hmm. we kind of, and I mean, it's a little bit stereotypical where, you know, oh, you're happy, like, you, get, you can get fat now. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> one of those, like, yeah. like, oh, you know, he loved you, he gave you the ring, like, mm-hmm. you know, just let go a little bit. And we right. can stop taking care of ourselves, not just on a physical basis but very much on an emotional basis as well we we tend to rely on the husband or the partner to to provide all the love that we need mm-hmm. from them you know it's up to them to love us and I sort of thought you know in the process of, of being like you know what fuck this I'm done you know he's not listening to me he's not you know he's not loving me the way that I want him to all of that in that process I started loving myself more you know, mm. taking time just for me, you know, putting my daughter into a daycare just for the day where it was only for me and I didn't have to go to work. I didn't have to appease anyone. It was simply just for me. And it was during that sort of, I suppose, transformation that I gained the self-confidence to a point where I'm like, you know what, if things turn to shit and, and he, he's not going to get on board with me with with sorting our dramas and our issues out, then I know that I can do this on my, you know, by myself. Mm-hmm. I know that I can be that confident single mum if it comes to it. And so having that self-love and, and gaining a little bit more confidence back within myself as a person and mm-hmm. not relying on him to give me all of those things was a really big kind of turning point for me because... In, in the process and when it really kind of hit him that things might end here if something doesn't change, he realised that I didn't need him anymore. Mm. And that was a really, um, it was hurtful for him and I, and I don't think I had really any way of changing that. But he realised that it's like, fuck, I need to be needed. Mm-hmm. You know, and she doesn't need me anymore. Mm-hmm. So what can I do? So that she wants me again. Because at the moment she doesn't need me. She's got it under control. And at the moment she doesn't want me anymore. She's got, you know, she's got everything that she needs. So what can I do to to help her fall in love with me again and to want me again? Mm. And that's not something that he verbalized at the time. But after we learned more about each other and we're a lot more open with that communication now, Mm-hmm. It is something that he did sort of say to me. He's like, you know, I I wanted you to want me again. 
And I tend, I, I sort of see that, I suppose, a lot in the relationships that I have with my clients is everyone just kind of stops um, impressing each other, mm, you know, in their yes. relationships. They stop dating. They stop trying to impress the other person and they just fall into this, like, routine of sweet. Like, well, they must love me because they're still married to me, you know, and it's not <laughs> so much the case. Yeah, like, people tend to, and, and ladies especially, I see, tend to settle for what is rather than what it could be and so always loving yourself is is huge because then it will give you that self-confidence to if god forbid something happens to walk away and be able to do it on your own but it also gives you the strength and the resilience and the confidence to know that you you can do this you know you can fight for what you want and you can have what you want and you have to sometimes Rather than tell the other person what needs to be done, you have to show them how they can do it. Mm. And so that's sort of like a, a big sort of difference, I suppose, in, in how women function as to how men function. Because a lot of men will focus on just one issue and, and especially when it comes to sex and a major, major thing that I learned. And it completely made sense. And I, I suppose we all kind of know it. Mm-hmm. But it's not until someone actually says it that it really, really hits home. And this piece was men need sex to feel loved mm-hmm. and women need to feel loved to want to have sex. Ooh, girl. <laughs> and you know what? I heard that. I, and I got goosebumps just thinking about it. Like, just as I said that, like, holy fucking shitballs. That makes so much sense. And yeah. it's so, and it's so so true when it comes to these stereotypical relationships that people have been in for a long period of time. You know, the sex slows down because she doesn't want it anymore. She's not feeling the love. He stopped trying to impress her. He stopped doing all of the cute things that they did pre kids, pre marriage. Yeah. So then she's not getting her love cup filled up. Therefore, she doesn't want to engage in intimacy because she's not feeling love. And then in turn, he doesn't feel loved anymore because she's not putting out. And so it's like this vicious cycle (laughs) that happens. (laughs) And it's it's always generally up to one individual in order to break that cycle. And in order to, you know, she will want to make more of an effort to love you. Oh, it was just, beautiful. yeah, it was like this huge, you know, this huge realisation when I heard that. And and because he heard it too, at the same time, we were learning things at the same time, there, there was this beautiful understanding, I suppose, um, where we were on the same page, even if we perceived things slightly differently. And, and opening up, that communication and, and breaking down that communication barrier that had, had built up over years and years. And and that's why I love communication so much. Like, we can literally tell each other absolutely anything now, full well knowing that it may come out wrong. <laughs> but we're on a, on a wavelength now and we're on a mutual understanding where if it comes out wrong, we allow the opportunity in order to explain it better after mm. we said it. 
And that was something that never happened before. We would say something in, in angst, you know, or in the moment, in the heat of the moment, and that other person would immediately get defensive and you mm. wouldn't have that opportunity to explain yourself. Yeah. And so it's just, it's magical. I, I, I can love it. I love communication. <laughs> Me too. And I honestly believe, and I was saying this earlier today, was that communication, when you get to a certain point in relationship, it you go from like the point in which you were kind of saying where you're like, oh, you know, like this is this is fucking hard to just express myself like that beginning stage to like, it feels so good. And I love communication because it's no longer difficult. It's no longer hard. It's no longer something that like holds you back in your relationship. And I feel something so beautiful that you articulated when you were speaking was um, back to going back to intimacy and how men love to feel loved by, you know, having sex and they sometimes measure it by like the physical things that you're doing versus we need to emotionally be filled in order to want to do that. So for women that you notice are kind of struggling with communicating that specific need being filled, what would you say to women or some tips that you can give them um, to help them with communicating that so they don't have intimacy issues in the long term? Yes, so first, First one would definitely, like I said, with the self-care, you know, in that, and the self-love, within that, you actually, um, I suppose, gain gain that confidence. Mm-hmm. But you also realize what you what your standards are mm-hmm. and what it is exactly that you want. Because a lot of the time, we we tend to forget when we're relying on our on our husbands to fulfill our emotional cup. We forget how to fill it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then when we don't know what it is that fills us up, then we can't communicate that to him. You know, Mm -hmm. we can't can't tell him exactly what we want because we don't even know for ourselves what we want. Mm -hmm. And so figuring out and having a really good, you know, come to Jesus moment with yourself, I suppose, (laughs) by knowing exactly what it is that you want and how you want him to love you, is, is huge because when he then stands there in the middle of an argument or the middle of, you know, a DNM saying, what do you want? We have to have an answer because men, and men are, um, and, and again, stereotypical here, but it's just kind of the way that society's played it out and everyone's conditioned. Men are natural fixers. You know, they see an issue, we present them with an issue, and then they just come up with the answer like, well, you know, why don't you just do this? Mm-hmm. And we're there like, uh, what? Fuck? No, it's not that easy. <laughs> You're not hearing me. <laughs> yeah. I'm really pissed off and I'm really fucking angry that, you know, Karen at work wore the same shirt as me, and Hubby's just like, well, why don't you just not wear that shirt to work anymore? <laughs> I'm just like, well, hang on a second. They go, hang on, what the fuck? Like, no. She yeah. knew that I got that shirt. I've been wearing the shirt to work for ages, you know? And and then she just buys that shirt and wears it like no, you know, like mm-hmm. so men sort of don't I suppose understand it. So we expect them to understand it. It's an expectation that they should just know that we're pissed that Karen wore the same shirt as us to 
work mm-hmm. that day. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, and, you know, so I guess getting getting men on board with understanding where our feelings come from mm. is a good start into understanding how they can fix it. And, and also allowing the space where they don't have to fix it. Mm. You know, they don't have to. Like, actually verbalizing through our partners, I don't want you to fix anything here. I just want you to listen to me. Mm. And I just want you to try and understand where I'm coming from. And what I find with that is it sounds really kind of, you know, cliche, I suppose, but it takes the pressure off the man having to fix it. If we just want to vent, if we just want to get our emotions out and not be judged for it in any way, then we actually tell him straight out, I don't want you to fix anything. I just want I just want you to listen to me. Mm-hmm. I just want you to, like, let me cry on your shoulder if that's what it comes to. You know, I just want you to let me be petty at the moment. Just let me be all of these, like, you know, blubbering emotion <laughs> you don't have to do anything just hold me you know mm. if it comes to that so that it takes the pressure off them feeling like they need to fix anything and when we can express that to him it might not hit home straight away but he'll eventually get to a point where he knows he just needs to hold you and tell tell you that he loves you mm. and from that we can feel a little bit more connected in that, okay, great, he's not trying to fix anything here for me, but he's listening. And he just, he's sympathizing with me, he's empathizing with me, and that makes me feel more loved. Mm. And so that sort of just done really basically and really steadily to begin with, will fill our love cup enough that we will want to snuggle with him at night, and he will want to be the protector. So if we're feeling a bit emotional that day, you know, he will want to protect us mm. and want to want to love us and hold us, and so that really kind of being blunt, I suppose, blunt in a nice way of what it is that we expect mm-hmm. from them and what it is that we actually want mm-hmm. is a, a big turning point. Mm. That's so, oh. girl. If anyone like. I'm telling you, like, everyone who listens to this podcast, like, this episode, fire. Like, (laughs) so good. This is, like, so incredible. And I honestly believe that this is really giving... Like, I feel like this is the episode where you can take, like, tangible things that could actually radically transform your relationship forever. And I don't say that or ever like take that lightly but I truly believe like this is the episode if you want to like shake shit up this is it and it kind of ties into you know being able to be more feminine in your relationships and being okay with like leaning back and being comfortable like sometimes like in the mess and allowing a man to like take care of you in that way or comfort you in that way so for you what would you say to women that really struggle with um, really tapping into their more feminine self and kind of allowing a man to like hold them through their emotions because sometimes I feel like over time a lot of us women are dealing with feeling like emotions are are not okay and sometimes we need to be independent with our feelings or maybe our hubbies or partners or people have kind of like shut us down 
um, when we yeah. express ourselves. So what would you say to help move through those types of things and issues? Yeah, so this one, um, if we're going to get really intense, there's a whole lot of inner work that can be done mm -hmm. to achieve your desired results in a shorter amount of time. Mm. And it's messy and it's brutal, but it's so, so necessary if we want to do it a lot, a lot quicker um, and work sort of from the bottom up. Mm. But there's a whole lot of inner work when it comes to limiting beliefs and childhood conditioning. Because I hear a lot, you know, and I do experience it as a child. And I saw it to myself when, you know, um, like the older generation would, as kids, like, oh, you know, you're just being silly. Don't mm. be upset about that. You know, you got no reason to cry. Yes. Um, you know, just just toughen up and get on with it. And and something I heard, you know, said to my brothers um, from the older generations was like, men don't cry. You know, and so things like that, even for the men's side of things, they, they can hold on to that. And we as women hold on to that as well. Mm. Especially when it comes to a point where we, we do have to step into our masculine energy a lot more. Whether it be, you know, doing doing all of the household chores, working full-time, also being a mother and, you know, even running a business, starting a business, anything like that, anything that provides, that puts us in that leadership, um, go, go, go get them, tiger kind of situation, mm. we are engaging our masculine a lot more. And because we're doing that, the men don't feel like they've got a place to do any of that. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they just see you know, the woman as, as she's got this, you know, and that's great for a man, but at, at the same time, if they're not needing to um, love us and hold us and have that space available for us to release our emotions when we need it, mm. then they're just kind of, you know, it's one of those things like, um, you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> kind of things like yes. and, and I mean that's the same with libido right for women you know so if men aren't aren't um, being allowed the space to to hold their ladies because you know she's got this mm. and we're in that power mode like yeah we've got this you know totally rocking this shit if we don't sort of step back into our feminine and allow them to be the masculine to be that knight in shining armor that comes and swoops us up when we've had a bad day, if we're not allowing that, if, we, if we're falling back into the trap of, you know, you've got to have it all together, then that's where shit can really start to kind of snowball and drop down. So I suppose as, as women, and, and again, comes back to the self-care and the self-love, but connecting back to who we are as a woman and mm. who we want to be, you know, we might want to be that powerhouse business owner, entrepreneur that completely nails everything. We want to be the super mum that goes to every, you know, every netball game and yes. every you know, cadet, um, you know, camp or whatever. <laughs> and, and we want to, you know, have that nice, neat, tidy house that we're not scared if someone would just rock up, you mm. know. Like, <laughs> we want to be all of these things. But just letting go of a few of those along the way and allowing our husbands to, to fulfill the emotional cups and not have to be forced into just doing it on our own all the time. And so, yeah, I think it's, I think there's a lot of 
there's a whole lot of inner work, but mm. a few practical tips would would for one definitely holding him and cuss and kissing him mm. for at least four to five seconds every single day. You know, because even if you're not doing it immediately, it's going to surprise you. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get home from the end of the day, when you walk in from a long, hard shift, you know, holding him, kissing him passionately, you know, for five seconds, you know, holding that mouth to mouth, having that that emotional and physical connection mm. is going to set something off in him. And, and <laughs> I mean, I could go on about this for ages, but I love, love, love the drug oxytocin. Our hormones, yeah, I love it. And so, like, by kissing and and touching and hugging each other, both of you are going to get this beautiful hit of oxytocin, which is then going to create those love feelings within Mm. our body and release that then into, you know, your current presence and your current environment. And it's going, going to dramatically increase the feelings that we have for each other and especially with the men as well as much as they might not admit it they're going to enjoy that kiss and a cuddle at the end of the day yeah and it's also going to help them release their tension from the day as well and realize that they're home now and they're safe um and it's a bigger bonus too if you've got kids because your kids will see mummy and daddy kissing and cuddling Mm. And they'll know then what to expect love to be like in the future, which was a huge, it was a huge, huge thing for me, is our kids being able to see what love's supposed to be like. And it doesn't involve slam stores, silent treatments, arguments, and no sex. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That was, that last, like, when, ooh, you got me again. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Because it's so true and, you know, I remember a lot of more the old stigma was that, you know, you kind of stayed in relationships that were miserable and you didn't communicate about things and, you know, sex was just supposed to dwindle off and that was it and you stayed in it for the kids but you weren't supposed to be happy. It didn't matter if you were happy. So I feel like everything that you're saying really gives women so much empowerment in their decisions and their their ability to shift like the situation that they're in and their beliefs around like love in in such an incredible way like what a incredible honor oh my goodness girl um so to close it up what is like one last thing um that you would say to women who are in relationships, who, you know, are feeling like, you know, they struggle with either communicating or, you know, they're just struggling with the feeling like they're just in a phase, like they just can't get out of this box or this rut that they're in. Um, What's one last closing thing that you would say to them? Ooh, goodness (laughs) me. So, so much. So, so much. Um, But I suppose... The first thing would just be fucking challenge everything. Mm. Challenge everything because we can so easily fall into the trap of everyone else's opinion, Mm. everyone else's belief that they've been conditioned to believe. You know, is it truly what they want? 
um, because I was told that a lot, you know, when I would, I would vent about the so-called normal arguments that mm-hmm. we were having or the disconnection that was happening. When I would vent about that, it was like, oh, yep, well, that's just men, you know, yeah. or that's just yeah. marriage or, you know, that's just the way it is. It's mm. like, fuck off, really? Like, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so it wasn't until I started to challenge all of those things, not only for myself, but, but for our marriage as well, um, that things really started to change and really started to gain traction after mm. that. And so challenge everything. You know, challenge your happiness, what you're being told, your marriage, your relationship, your communication, um, and challenge the love that you have for yourself as well. Because if you're not feeling it, then there's a fair chance that he's not feeling it either. Wow. Ooh, what a powerful note to end this. And just for the women, where can they find you? Um, Where can they contact you if they're wanting to learn more? Um, So I'm mainly just on Facebook at the moment. I've got my own personal profile. And from there, you can find the link into my private coaching group as well, which is called Mindsets and Marriages Dash Coaching with Ronnie. Um, it, it's really lovely, intimate little space where I can coach people through. And just on my personal Facebook, which is uh, Ronnie Thompson, and it's Thompson without a P, so T-H-O-M-S-O-N. And you can find me there, and I'd love to connect and, and help people through and learn how to communicate more effectively. Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy we had you on. This was so, so incredible and such an honor. So thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes. Always, always a pleasure.